form of control. It's a form of uh, fear almost, right? We're almost afraid to admit that we don't know that there's more going on than we understand that there's more possibilities that there's other things happening than that are beyond our, our mind and our you know experience welcome to long live podcast i'm your host in today's conversation with Jonathan, we talk about feminine and masculine energies. And Jonathan David, together with his wife, Isla Rose, are better known as the love gurus. Jonathan and Isla are creators of the unique healing bridging method that helps the clients uncover emotional blocks and trauma in the body. So without further ado, let's jump into today's conversation. Well, the original uh, thing that you were interested in was the... Um the masculine, like the overly masculine femininity, right? Yeah. Which is an interesting thing that's happening. And I brought, I actually, our friend Chelsea, who's down in Tulum, um, had this wonderful post about this. And I thought these were such beautiful words. Someone that is in their healthy masculine is logical, present, purposeful, trustworthy, disciplined, protective, supportive, focused and structured and i love all those words they they're so powerful and so embodied and then being in a wounded masculine leaves you critical avoidant controlling aggressive unstable competitive unavailable righteous and forceful and i think that's like if you look at where we're at today as a culture especially in the us i'm not sure how it is in other parts of the world, although I'm sure you guys are picking up some of it, it feels like everything is the wounded masculine. The men are in their wounded masculine. The women are in their wounded masculine. It's this extreme imbalance that's going on. And, you know, how do you fix that? How do you, how do you address that? Do you, do you experience any of that in your own life or like having trouble tapping yeah. in yeah I think it's a, a very big problem nowadays uh, and I think that the healthy masculine is sometimes being attacked or even the wounded masculine and I think it's getting harder and harder to like grasp of what a healthy masculinity is like these days because me myself I really felt that I I learned that I need to like be tough and like move through the struggles mm. and uh, don't show that I'm like vulnerable. And it helped me a lot, like to achieve a lot of things. But now when I was, I started learning about like feminine energy and mass and healthy masculine, I was like, really started to open my eyes. I was like, that's like a different part that I have never heard or seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially that I feel like the forcefulness of it or like the competitiveness of it. And what I've noticed is that in a weird way, you get rewarded for being in your wounded masculine. You make more money or you get more fame or so there's this like Pavlovian sort of structure where you keep ticking the box and it's like, oh, you're doing great. Go, 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 go. And then you, by all of a sudden you're in the middle of it and you're, you're lonely, you're isolated, nothing's ever enough. And you feel like you need more and more and more and more. And so there's never a time for reflection or for slowing down or for uh, finding gratitude for what you have or being vulnerable. Like you were talking about, there's only these pictures of like the perfect person or mm -hmm. the perfect entrepreneur or exactly. what's the perfect diet or how mm -hmm. it's all about efficiency and productivity and we do, we work a lot with this when we work with um like tech people or startup people um you know and we're when we're working with clients we're coming from an energetic perspective right and so it's like how can we keep the energy balanced we understand mm -hmm. you're going to be busy we understand you're going to have sprints but if you're going to go that far in one direction, how do you offset it by going this far in the other direction? 
And that's, it's a really hard concept, I think, for people to understand. But once they see the evidence of how it works, they find that, like we have one client in particular that tapped into this balance of energy and has raised more money than they've ever raised, more stable, scaling their company, finding that he's more productive by doing less, right? Quote, unquote, right? Not working 18 hour days and not constantly just forcing. Just grinding all the time. Exactly. Because then what happens is you're starting to run on empty and you're starting to get frustrated and you're starting to make poor decisions. And so um, when you pull back from that and you rest, right? Rest is such a huge if if people would sleep and drink water i think probably 60% of their problems would go away yeah that's <laughs> true just like chill out get some rest drink plenty of water hydrate your body like the very simple things and i think when i think of a feminine energy i think of earth and i think of cycles and i think of life and and we're just out of cycle. We're, mm-hmm. we're opposing natural things. We're trying to make the sun shine for 24 hours a day, but it's not meant to be like that. You know, if, if the sun is shining 24 hours a day, we're all dust. Exactly. The one big wow, desert. That's, that's like, that's like the best quote I heard today. Yeah. yeah right. You, you can't do it. It's unsustainable. And so, and so by observing nature and observing mother nature, right? It's not father nature, it's mother nature. It's this, this life cycle, this energy that happens that keeps everything in balance, the solar and the lunar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like when you said about like entrepreneurial world, we are really like goal, goal getters. And the first time when I heard that when you slow down physically, energetically, you speed up. I like really started thinking about it because I was all about like optimizing the processes and like doing everything like in the perfect way, as you said. Mm-hmm. And I had one Merton, uh, mentor who was like constantly repeating for me, like, you don't have to make it perfect. You just have to keep going. And I was like, trying to be perfect was also a childhood wound for me and I was like okay perfect doesn't exist like you know yeah well perfect doesn't exist anywhere if you look at nature that what is a perfect apple like is this apple better than that apple or is this tree better than that tree it may be for some purposes but when you look at you know the whole the variation and the imperfection and the variety is actually what makes it so miraculous and so incredible. You know, if everything was the same and it was this sort of cookie cutter, it'd be very boring and it would be very predictable and it it wouldn't work, I don't think. Yeah, but don't you think that we like created it in our society? It's like you go to a store and you see perfect apples. Like they don't put the vegetables that don't look nice. Like they started doing that like in the recent years. And like before you would like go and you have an expectation how an apple should look like. So I think we go into like relationships, uh, into romantic relationships, but also into other relationships by, uh, I don't know, imagining what the perfect relationship should look like. And then maybe we're like just like, I don't know, constraining ourselves in a way. What do you think about it? Of course, there's this great philosopher, Alan Watts. I don't know if you've ever listened to him, but he talks about how humans are obsessed with taking wiggly lines and making them straight, right? And so in nature, everything's so flowy and there's these these waves that are happening and humans like to just like build these little rectangles and squares and be like, oh, this is what it is. Right. But a straight line can never, ever um, show a curved line. Right. It can never grasp the fullness of what that is. And so it's a form of control. It's a form of uh, fear almost. Right. 
we're almost afraid to admit that we don't know that there's more going on than we understand that there's more possibilities that there's other things happening than that are beyond our our mind and our you know experience and uh, i think the same happens in the relationship we try to i don't know like uh, think through where it might lead us mm-hmm. and like uh, we are like creating that perfect reality in the future right and we're not living in the present moment with that person and then i don't know that reality breaks or something happens and you're like but you know i had all all, all of this plan right like, yeah what happened we were supposed to be perfect together i know and but we should probably just is- like explore more and if you think about it, what's funny is when you first get into the relationship, which is the honeymoon phase and like things are all exciting, you think nobody, kn- you don't know each other. You know nothing about this person, right? So all you're seeing with them is pure potential, pure possibility. You're, there's no, you don't care who they are really, right? Like you're, you're getting to know them, you're exploring, you're curious. And that's when, almost for most people sadly think that's their best experience of the relationship Mm. when you don't know the person and then as you start to put these limitations or these labels or these expectations on the relationship it starts to narrow 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 and then now all of a sudden you only eat your breakfast the same way every day or you always get up and do this thing and, and it becomes so monotonous and so boring. But how can we like get to know the person? Because I think it was Peter Crone who said it that especially women, we have a lot of nurturing inside of us. So we tend to see um, even like the future self of that person in a relationship and we are not fully being with them. And for example, like what I do with my clients, I'm like keeping that bigger vision for themselves, even though they are not fully in there. And like, I'm very open for a change of like, if a person made a mistake in a relationship, I'm open to see that they can like wake up and be different the next day. Mm. So how can we like really be open to get to know another person? Not putting those labels, as you said. Yeah, that's a good question. I think you have to do both. You have to really find the balance, right? You have yeah. to, be, because I, I'm, a, I'm very similar. I think a lot of people are really, you meet someone and you can see their potential. You can see, or even see the real them underneath the ego stuff or underneath like more than like, oh, you're blonde and you're skinny and you know, this kind of stuff. It's like, okay, those are attributes, right? Those are like fixed things but are they you like who is you that's underneath that there's more there's there's layers there's and then even underneath all of that there's an essence and then the, underneath all of that there's a oneness and so i think this is where it really gets tricky for dating or for finding a partner or whatever is because you can find the oneness and the essence in everyone mm-hmm. right and so you, it's there, but at the same time, you have to be honest about who that person is in that actual moment and what they're being like, because sometimes those can be two very separate um, entities, right? You can see the divinity and the incredible potential of someone while they're just being a jerk to you or, or, or they're not wanting to grow or they're resisting, you know what I'm saying? Those two things, they can exist at the same time. So then it becomes a a matter of preference. What do you want to deal with? Right? What are your boundaries? Like what hurts you? What are you looking for? All of that kind of stuff. And it's tricky. I think that's why relationships are one of the most tricky things. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said a really interesting thing that I was thinking a lot about. You said like, oh, you meet a person and not, uh, and you're not only looking into how they look. And I mean, it is important. Like we choose our partners, partners on the way how they look and there's chemistry. But like we 
talked about like feminine and masculine energies. How do you think we choose our partners based on energy level? Mm. Well, I think in, in our experience, we've seen a lot of couples, right? We definitely, and through the pandemic, there's been even more because everyone was stuck with each other and all the stuff came to the surface. And so I would say that majority of the people we've seen in our experience, maybe like 90% of the people are generally attracted to someone that has a complementary energy to them, mm -hmm. right? So let's say that you are, you know, masculine and go-getter and, and really rigid and disciplined and all this kind of stuff. Maybe you would tend to attract someone that's a little more feminine and loosey-goosey and creative and all that kind of stuff. And the way we describe it is like the yin-yang, right? You got like the black and the white that fit together. In, in an ideal situation, you're representing in yourself the whole of the yin-yang, right? You've got the balance and you are all of those things. But most people have something missing, quote unquote, or underdeveloped in their energy. And what they do is when they find a partner that exhibits those things or that embodies those things, you get this feeling like, oh, because together you guys are making the whole does that make sense? Yeah. And so, but what will happen in that dynamic and, you know, an example, the quiet girl and the loud guy, right? At first it's just like, oh my God, it's amazing. And then five years down the road, they're in a session with us and she's like, he won't shut up. He never <laughs> stop, you know? Right. And it's like the very thing, the very energy that yeah. brought you into this relationship is now the dragon eating its own tail. Mm -hmm. And why does that happen, right? What, what, again, it's that energetic imbalance. The thing you needed to work on in yourself that you saw in this other person and, and loved and applauded, if you don't work on that in the relationship and start to embody that in yourself, you will start to resent it in them. Ooh, okay. Right. And you know, we're talking about feminine and masculine energies, but I think for someone who had never heard about this terminology, maybe you could explain more like what the feminine energy and masculine energy is. Sure. Yeah. Well, on one hand, so I'll, I'll do it in a couple of different ways because there's different layers and kind of different meanings of it. But what there's there's this beautiful thing in tantra called shiva shakti and it's an in kind of an energetic experience where you're communicating and you're sharing and in that container you have the masculine being a space holder i like to describe it as like the olympic torch so in order for the olympic torch flame to burn there is a container for it there's the torch and that's the masculine right so a really healthy masculine is unfazed by the flame, is a strong container for the flame. And then the feminine in this, in this case is the flame and it's burning and it's doing its thing. But if the flame doesn't have a container, it will burn down the forest. It will burn down everything in its path, right? It, it goes unchecked. And so the balance of those things when they come together and you see this a lot in relationships where, let's say, a guy is sort of bending to his girlfriend's demands or his wife's demand because he thinks that's the right thing to do, or he wants to be a good husband, or or this and that. Yeah, yeah because we all want to be like good people, right? Of course, right. So that and that's how it gets so muddy is because everyone's constantly bending over till they're breaking backwards for the mm -hmm. other person. Then finally they snap, and it's like. I've given you so much. I did this, you know, all this kind of stuff, but that, it, that, that doesn't work for anybody, right? When you're not getting what you need, then it's going to go bad. And, and so part of that, you know, in that Shiva Shakti thing is the masculine is setting those boundaries, right? Creating a space. That's a very active thing to create space and hold space and not react when something's burning in front of you 
is a very strong energy. There's a lot of active energy happening. And that's where, like, it might sound feminine, right? To, to just to listen and to hold space, but it's not at all. It's actually a very powerful place to come from. It sounds really grounding to me when I'm like listening to it. Oh, it's great because, because then you as a woman, and of course, I, I don't want to just speak from like, you know, stereotypical male, female roles. Like this is an energetic thing. So this can work for anybody. So please don't get, you know, if you're listening out there, don't get caught up on, we're just speaking male, female, because that's, we're male, female, right? But it can work for everybody. So it, for you being in that environment, what that means is whatever you're feeling, right? And you're feminine, then you can express, you can share, you can burn as bright as you need to burn, and you're not going to get fixed. There's going to be no solutions. There's not going to be any blowback for what you're saying. There's not going to be any justification. There's not going to be any mansplaining. It's just going to be listened to and received and held. And sometimes that's all you need. You don't need to be fixed. You don't need to be all of those things. You just need to say it. You just need to get it out. You just need to express it. And that's a very feminine trait. Um, Sadhguru was talking about yoga one time. And he was like, everyone thinks yoga is like this really feminine thing to do, but it's not. It's very masculine. Because what you're doing is you're fighting against the forces of nature to be still. Mm, right right? a very feminine expression is dancing right yes and movement right and and a lot of times like you see a a mother holding her baby and she's bouncing and she's swaying and she's singing and there's a certain meditation to that and there's a certain flow to that and there's a certain energy to that Whereas that more masculine energy is very penetrative, very singular, very laser focused, very still, very present. You think about someone hunting, to be so quiet, so still, going against everything in nature to wait for that perfect moment, right? Right. And I'm just listening to it and it feels like so powerful to me, like so beautiful like this connection yeah and like how can we like like if we want to to get more into the feminine or more into the masculine because what you said that like the most important thing is the relationship with ourselves and to see that there are some wounds Mm. and to open those wounds and to be in a healthy feminine energy on or healthy masculine yeah well that's that's the million dollar question right (laughs) so right what what you just said i think you know is a hundred percent of the issues in the world one hundred percent people try to blame it on global warming on rich people on government on anything but in my worldview we're all people right and so if all of us as individuals can figure out what you just said how do we find balance how do we find awareness how do we stop reacting to these patterns that have been um sometimes put on us And then other times just sort of played out because we didn't know any better, right? Mm -hmm. If we could bring that awareness as individuals, everyone in this world, we would live in a very different place. Mm -hmm. But we're all stuck. Not all of us, but most of us are stuck. We're stuck in these cycles. We're stuck in these patterns. And that's unconsciousness. That's reaction. That's uh, karma. That's like unaware of what, who we are, what we're doing, all this kind of stuff. And so the first thing we can do is bring awareness. You you don't feel good. You're anxious. You're stressed. You're tired. You're grumpy. You're short. You're yelling. Whatever. Why? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Right? 
sure, there may be occasions where if someone's attacking you, you need to be aggressive and, you know, protect yourself or run or any of that kind of stuff. But most of the time that's not going on. So what what's going on? Can you slow down for five minutes even and and see what's going on with your body? Where is this coming from? Why are you out of balance? Right. Mm -hmm. Because when we're in balance, life is great. Life is, is happening all around us and we're participating in it. We're a part of it and we're ebbing and we're flowing and we're doing things. But most of us are not in balance. And a lot of that comes from, like you were talking earlier, this idea of having to be perfect or to fit into these little boxes. I think, you know, the way we were raised, the people around us, our caretakers, our school, our friends, it's, you know, don't play having fun is only for recess now we're serious and we're working and we're you know there's all of these messages and slowly we sort of lose our vibrance and our connection to the natural rhythm of life and we become robotic we become dead inside we become hurt we become wounded right these this these wounded masculine and wounded feminine these are wounded little boys and girls mm-hmm. and they live inside of us they weren't heard or they weren't respected or that weren't valued or that weren't given a chance to express themselves and so we have to reach back in and we have to figure out okay what do i need what do i need to feel okay mm-hmm. right? and, and why did this happen a million reasons, man, war, famine, depression, immigration, you know, poverty, being ruled, being abused, being, you know, all of these kinds of things. Um, But the question is, what can we do with it? How can we heal it? Right? Yeah. And we're, I, I think a lot of times we're looking for the answers in other people, in other circumstances, in a successful business, and a successful partnership and raising good kids. But all of those things are just band-aids on a gaping wounds of what's going on inside of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, when you were talking about the flame and holding the space for it, I want to just like circle back into it. Uh, because from psychological perspective, there's a saying that like our feelings, even like the wounded ones, they don't need to be healed in a way. They just need to be held. Mm. And like from what you said, I feel it's really beautiful. But like, how would you say it is when like the woman, it is very like fiery and she is expressing herself and maybe she's expressing herself from a wounded way. And she's like, oh, you know, you're not reacting. You're just being quiet, you know, because this might happen too. Mm -hmm. Let me read you some of the wounded feminine things because I pulled those up too. And they're very interesting, right? (laughs) The wounded feminine can be manipulative, needy, clingy, overwhelmed, absent, codependent, obsessive, closed off, and victim. Mm -hmm, right? Right? And so where does that come from? Comes from not being heard, mm. not having a place to express, right? Not being held, not being allowed to burn, right? Basically not having the healthy masculine in her life, right? Exactly. Whether that's coming from you or someone else. Yeah. And, and, the genesis of these things, right, is usually our parents or the people that are raising us. And if they don't know any better and they don't know what that looks like for themselves, we always say in our sessions, if you grew up on an apple farm and someone comes to you and says, hey, can I have a bag of oranges? You're like, well, <laughs> I don't know, that? man. I got a lot of apples. Like, you want some of this? <laughs> they, they don't have it to give you. They don't understand. Yeah. So, you know, you have generations and generations and generations of these patterns and and they don't know what it looks like to offer this space or to to allow this healing and especially for women you know women have had it pretty bad for a while you know not being able to speak up not having rights not 
it's not appropriate for a woman to do things in public or to own a company or to have a check, but, you know, like crazy ideals that really smushed the feminine energy. Right. And then you've got a bunch of anger behind that and resentment and neediness and right. Like, and you're, and we're seeing the pendulum swing back the other way now, right. Uh, the women fighting back and becoming more, of that toxic masculine energy that they hated. Right. Like so they now it's just like a cesspool of toxic masculinity yeah. that we're all drowning in. Yeah, they're kind of going into an opposite way than they would like to. And when we had our previous talk, you told me a very interesting thing that the feminine energy needs to learn how to be safe in mm. this environment. Yeah. Of course. And so, so here's the, listen to these healthy feminine aspects. She's intuitive, flowing, heart-centered, vulnerable, magnetic, collaborative, creative, receptive, and sensual. Aren't those wonderful words? Oh yeah. And, and so when you can wait, right. When you can provide for yourself the environment to be those things then you start to thrive and you start it, it's like a it's like a plant you know if you plant a seed in the ground if it doesn't have the right environment if it doesn't have the right place to grow in it's not going to do anything but when it's getting the sunshine and the water it's got infinite upwards expansion and it's blossoming and it's blooming and of course it goes through seasons but it's always flourishing and and growing and moving on to the next phase and and that's how humans are when we get the environment that we need and so as a kid obviously you're not in charge of your environment and so we get traumatized and most of us, you know, God bless our parents and our grandparents and all of our lineage didn't get what we needed. But yeah. as an adult, at some point, you know, and I think uh, for different generations and different people that time comes at different uh, ages, I, I think the young generation now is actually pretty quick and like getting on this stuff very young. But for me, you know, I think it took me into my late 20s, early 30s to kind of really grasp the fact that I needed to do something about this. It wasn't going to come in a career. It wasn't going to come in music. It wasn't going to come in children or my partner, but it was going to come from me. Mm-hmm. And so what was I not giving myself? Right. Because at yeah. the end of the day, I can't really blame anyone else. True. And you I had, to, I, yeah. You have to I, find that wholeness in, your, in yourself first. You have to. And for me, my personal journey, and I hope that not everyone needs this. You know, <laughs> I, I, as of November 23rd, I was celebrating five years of sobriety. So I, I went to. Know, that's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's been an amazing journey. And so I was in rehab five years ago and I completely burnt down my entire life. I was wounded, you know, I was toxic in a, a lot of different ways. And what, what I found through losing everything mm-hmm. was an opportunity because I had nothing left to lose <laughs> to try again and figure out how to do it right this time quote unquote right right yeah because there's no wrong and right of course and there's a million different paths to the same place but for me it was about okay how can I get back to myself that was my big question oh, right yeah and and what does that mean mm-hmm. right how do I get back to my body what is my body have you know before kool-aid and snacks and sugar and you know processed foods and drugs and alcohol and all this stuff what is what's my body look like natural what does my mind look like natural you know and I really started to get into that and this was before I met my partner Isla you know when I was on this journey when I met her 
And so going into the relationship with her, that was on my mind as well as like, mm-hmm. what is a natural relationship? How, what, who am I in a relationship? Like, what's my highest potential? What is, what are the things I've learned that don't suit me? And how can I do it differently this time? Right. How can I, I bring in radical honesty how can I not shy away from the hard conversations? How can I show up in a different way? You know, I, I've been through other serious relationships and marriages and raising kids and all this kind of stuff. So how can I not mess everything up this time? And just by asking those questions and being very vigilant about the things that were coming up, I realized a lot about myself and a lot about the patterns that I had learned in previous relationships, and in a lot of ways that came from my parents and my relationship with um, relationships that I saw from them or from the the people around me. Yeah, that's true. Like, we are like sponges. And usually in our like, environment, when we are growing up, we probably don't have those, quote, unquote, quote, perfect relationships that we can look like look up to and you know like this is very interesting for me to hear because there's like this common I don't know not a rule but like a lot of people think that you need to be healed of your past wounds to start a a new relationship right Mm. and I think that we always have wounds like we are always evolving and learning and like this journey is like never ending so Mm. How did you feel like starting your relationship when you were still like healing and choosing new pathways for yourself? Interestingly enough, well, first, I want to say something real quick about what you just said. I love that the process never ends. You're, You're exactly right. And but that's actually that's how it has to work in order for things to be how they are, because life is iterative, right? you become this new person and then you realize, okay, I like this stuff. I don't like this stuff. And so you have to grow again and then you keep growing. Oh, once I reach this, then I'll be there. Well, no, you won't. You'll just, you'll (laughs) set the bar higher. You'll do something else. So you'll learn this other thing or, you know, that's, that's the beautiful part about it is that it's a constant process of, of shedding and growing and shedding and growing and shedding and growing. And in the relationship, Um, you know, it was interesting for me because in one way, I would say my mentality, my body, my spirituality, all that stuff, I came into the relationship better, healthier than I maybe ever have been in my life. Mm -hmm. But in a physical world sense, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have like a job at the time, actually, when I met, I, I was doing some freelance work and stuff, but I was not doing that. I was, um, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a (laughs) bank account. Like, you know, I really didn't have anything. And I really dedicated the whole first year of my sobriety to growing as a person. And I wasn't, I didn't want to get back into a career. I didn't want to get back into music. I didn't want to get back into anything. I wanted to just focus on myself, right? And in doing that, I didn't have all of these things, quote unquote, that someone like Isla might be looking for, right? I wasn't stable, quote unquote. I wasn't successful. I didn't have a bunch of money and stability and all this stuff to provide her. But what I did have was healthy energy and Mm -hmm. healthy relationship with myself. And I could offer this whole other experience And then we could grow together with the other stuff, right? So I think you're right. You don't always have it figured out getting into relationship. You're not going to be in a perfect place. There is no perfect place. The perfect place is now. And the perfect place is exactly how you are. And But coming from a place where you're willing to admit that, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to hide the fact that I didn't have a car. I wasn't trying to hide the fact that I was who I was. I was just like, blah, this is it. This is where I am. 
this is what's going on. This is what I'm interested in. You want to do this together with me? And she did, you know, much to my surprise. And it (laughs) turned out great. And, And so how can you be totally present with yourself in this moment And if someone comes along that you're interested in, how can you present that in the most honest way possible? Mm -hmm. And I think when you start there, you really start off on a good foot because you're not posturing, trying to be this perfect potential girlfriend or this perfect partner or having it all put together and looking a certain way. You're just saying, here I am. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in doing this with me. I'm interested in doing this with you and let's see where this goes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's very beautiful to look into this that way because we, most of the time, like we think about the like baggage and the luggage that we have, like from the past Mm -hmm. and then we project like to the future but I always think that we are not the worst thing that we've done, right? And we, like, we can plan the things, but we never know what's going to happen. And the only thing that we have is now. And it is like, it seems very easy to be in the present moment, but it's not. And to yeah. experience that with another person, I think that's even more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that I think, in a conscious open relationship that becomes the the real meat of it right Mm -hmm. is how much can you stay in that place and of course you can not to like i don't want to demonize setting goals or Mm -hmm. looking into the future or preparing you know for things that's a beautiful thing but oftentimes it's not going to look how you think it's going to look or it's not going to work how you think it's going to work and that's okay but it's okay to go to those places and it's okay to dive into the past a little bit. If someone hurts you or if you didn't speak up about something or something's been sort of lingering and you need to get it off your chest, those things are okay, but they're all happening in the present moment. Mm-hmm. So how you can, can, yeah. what was that? So how can you work on yourself and also work on your relationship? Well, Interestingly enough, working on yourself is working on your relationship. That's the big secret. Okay. Right. When we when we see everyone knows it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we when we see couples coming into our sessions, I would say ninety eight percent of their issues are their own. Mm -hmm. Right, and we get caught up in fixing or dealing with or reacting to our partner's triggers or their trauma, right? And when you remove that from the equation, what is left? Me working on myself, you working on yourself, and us supporting each other while that happens. Are people going to mess up? Sure. You know, but what's funny is like, I, I can't tell you how many countless times have we have dealt with, let's say someone that's cheating in the relationship and the other partner cares so much less about the act of the cheating and so much more about the um, fight around it and oh, the yeah. unapologetic yeah. nature or the justification mm-hmm. or the all the drama around it, right? And, and you find that if you can get to your deepest self, you may be hurt, but you can deal with that grief if both people are willing to come to the table. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. Like life is life. Someone's going to spend too much money on something stupid or gamble or you know, cheat or, or whatever. But what we've seen is that when consciousness is brought to those things, they become very small moments Mm. because if you can express the energy behind them, you can heal them. You can actually move past it. You can deal with it. But what hurts is when you've got these transgressions that go undealt with and they grow and they grow and they grow. And most people's transgressions are coming from their own individual patterns. 
Why does the partner cheat? Because they're not getting something they need, probably because of a pattern that they haven't dealt with. Right? Yeah. And like when you look into this like this way, then like the actual fact becomes like so much smaller. It becomes almost secondary. Yeah. It, because it's a, it's like a fleeting circumstance or it's a, it's a symptom of something greater. But if mm-hmm. you can get to the greater, right, if you can get down to, you know, why is this happening or how can I support you through this? And then, and then the person dealing with it doesn't feel judged, demonized, you know, uh, shameful, guilty, all these things in, in a way that's going to keep them stuck in it. They're stepping out into the light and having a partner that can hold that space for them and letting that energy move through them so they can actually heal what is driving that train in the first place. And when you get into a a relationship like that, you become like children, Um, you know, and and when children get pissed off, they, ah, you know, they get so mad and they scream and they yell and then they're done. Yeah. They don't care. Little right? peaceful beings. Yeah, I'm gonna let you know that I'm mad about this, and I'm so mad, and now I'm done. And let's go play again because it's fun. It's more fun to play than to be mad. Right. And if you can find that in your relationship, it becomes very fun. Mm-hmm. And then instead of fighting 95% of the time and then having 5% amazing experiences, you have 95% amazing experiences and then 5% bickering about stupid stuff which is great so it's more just like being like a kid solving the problems that you have within yourself and they're just like coming and playing and just allowing healthy frustration out and just then going back into that flowy and fun state of course and if you if you think about energy as like a like water water Mm -hmm. always is flowing Even if it gets dammed up, it's going to burrow its way through something and find a way to flow. And energy is like that. Life is constantly pouring energy into us. Life is happening all the time. You can't slow it down. But if you don't let that back out of you, that's when crazy stuff starts to happen. And so, and that's the beautiful thing, not being childish, right? But being childlike. That's Mm -hmm. what's so beautiful about children. They're in constant flow. They're upset, they're asleep, they're running, they're playing, they're crying, they're laughing. You know, it's, it's just this, this constant flow of energy. And as adults, we get taught to stop it and to damn it and to, and to block it and to not let people see it, right? Because that's not appropriate for church or that's not appropriate for the family gathering or your dad's had a hard day. You can't put that on, you know, all of these things that we learn to dam up that energy and to hold it and to let it fester, turn to poison, right? Mm -hmm. And bubble up inside of us and create pressure until we pop. But if there's no pressure, there's no popping, if you let it flow through you, if you express, you know, and, and the, the answer earlier is how do you find the balance to your masculine and your feminine? You have to find a way to create an environment for yourself so you can flow, so you can express, so you can let out your stuff. That's why a lot of people like therapy, right? It's a very neutral place to just blah. And I have found like, uh throughout my own way like I was dealing with a lot of stress and then I was learning more about how to get into that flowy state and I saw some resistance from the environment because you know people were like oh but you can't be playful all the time and you can't be flowy all the time and like you have to like go back into being this you know yeah because we taught that like life should be in a certain way yeah. And I let me tell you, when you start to change, you will notice how many people and circumstances around you are resistant to it. And you don't realize it at first until you stop being that person everyone expects you to be. But it's step out of that. And all of a sudden, your partner's like, wait a minute, you are more controllable like this. I don't like this new version, right? 
I knew what to expect when you were like this, but now you're keeping me on my toes and I can't just stay who I am. It's uncomfortable. Or with your family, right? Oh, I expect you to be this daughter or this son, but I'm not that, right? I'm this new thing. And in relationships, this is so hard. How do you both see your partner as the person you know, but also as the person you don't know? Right. And allow them to evolve. And I think that like when we are changing and we are are evolving, we are also inviting others from our family, from our environment to do the same. Well, not only not the same, but like to evolve as well. Well, yeah, the same in the sense of evolving to whatever they want to be. And that's the beautiful part about it is your mom doesn't need to be you. She needs to be her. Right. right? And that's and that's what we were talking about earlier with the bag of oranges. Right. If you don't know what it looks like to hold space for yourself to change and to give yourself that liberty and that openness and take all that pressure off, how can you offer that to your partner? How can you offer that to your parents? How can you offer that to your friends? You can't because you don't know what it looks like. Jonathan, it was an amazing conversation. And I think people will listen to it and hear like so many goodness into it, from Mm -hmm. it. And I just want to, so you could let people know where they can find you and your wife, because the work that you're doing is amazing. So just share with us where everybody can find you guys. Thank you. So if you want life advice, relationship advice, and just like so much good stuff, um, Isla's always posting on Instagram. There are a million really deep, wonderful things on there. Um, And then you can go to our website, thelovegurusla.com. We're about to launch a new online course for women, actually, called Awaken the Goddess. It's it's very beautiful. And we're going to be developing a lot more stuff this year. So and then our website, all the things we offer. If you're in the L.A. area, come and see us. We do private sessions um, and we'll have more online stuff soon. We're working on it. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It was my pleasure.